Welcome to Deep Look, Ultimate World's weekly radio show about the current state of Ultimate. I am the host and the editor, Charlie Eisenhood. Joining me, Keith Rayner. Keith, what's going on? Well, just uh, just wrapped up conference championships last weekend. A uh, bit of a bit of a strange <laughs> experience. Uh, I know we talked a little bit about the, the conferences and some of the some of the stuff going on around it. And you know, like our men's team was there, and it's not their conference. And then they won right. won it. It was super weird. Uh, it was windy, which is unfortunate because I'm tired of playing in windy tournaments. But fortunate because we spent the whole season playing in windy tournaments. So. Uh, I expect that it'll be the same at regionals because it's going to be in the same site. So we may be, maybe looking at a literal season of nothing but windy tournaments, which is great, especially because we do like half our practices indoors. It's so. it's developing your players, Keith, into really to better players. I, I, that's why I tell you, look, we're, our zones getting better and better. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Well, we're going to take a break from talking college ultimate this week. Uh, we're going to, of course, get it ready. Get you ready for regionals starting next week, but we've got more conferences coming up this weekend. And instead, we're going to talk semi-pro, everything semi-pro. And that means we're going to do our AUDL season preview today uh, as they get ready to start, not this weekend, but the following. And since we're going to be talking regionals next week, we figured we would go ahead and get you started with the AUDL season preview this week. Before we get to that, though, let's take a look at what's been going on around the Western Ultimate League and the Premier Ultimate League. Western Ultimate League is getting down to the end here, Keith. Most teams have already played four games. Some teams have already finished their season. They've played all six of their games. And uh, Seattle has now clinched a playoff spot. No surprise that we, you know, undefeated so far. It's not not, not exactly a shock that they're going to get into the playoffs. Um, San Diego sitting pretty at three and one. Oregon also with one loss at two and one. And then you've got really those other four teams hoping to try to get in. LA is two, sitting at two and three. Utah, which has three games coming up this weekend uh, at their homestand, they're sitting at one and two. So if they win all three of those games, they're good to go. If they win two, they're probably in. If they only win one, then it's uh, it's more of a question mark. But uh, certainly the uh, the playoff picture coming into focus. Absolutely. Uh, San Diego hosted this past weekend and won both their games, and that pushed them near the top of the table, puts them in a great position. Uh, Christian Bajunas and Kayla Helton were just uh, kicking butt. <laughs> Christian Bajunas with seven blocks in one game to set the new league record. Uh, and this was not cheap. I'm, this is not cheap blocks. She was. This wasn't on the deep, deep in the zone. They're punting it to me. These were legit blocks. Uh, really impressive stuff. Some, some of them in the clutch, no less, uh, in that win over L.A., LA has one game remaining, so they they probably are in a close to winning in situation. Uh, Arizona basically had their winning in situation this past weekend. Did not uh, win. They lose, not win. Right. Did not win. So at two and four, they're on the outside looking in. They'll basically need Utah to botch it the rest of the way in order to get in. I mean, at this point, they're on the sidelines watching, just hoping that Utah can't get that second win. Uh, and that's that's obviously a tough space to be in. The good news for LA is that they hold the head to head with Utah um, after getting the win in LA a couple weeks back. I I, I actually saw Kristen Pajunas uh, at the uh, like the social gathering after the games because I was out here streaming the games, um, and she said it was the best game she's ever played, <laughs> and I, it makes sense. I mean, she was unstoppable, and Kayla Helton has. May I mean has a case for MVP right now? I think Keith. I, 
I, I think maybe the strongest case for MVP. Yeah. If, if like the season ended today, now partially that's because some players haven't played all their games. Uh, but yeah, the Heldon's, Heldon and Pajunas combined for 17 blocks in the two games that they played. It's crazy. <laughs> and, you know, Pajunas, like I said, those were clutch blocks. They, LA had the disc with the chance to win the game. And Pajunas got two blocks on those possessions to extend that game and then San Diego able, able to get the win. And Pajunas, I believe, scored the winning goal, if I'm not mistaken, as well. Uh, so really a, a, a wild one for San Diego. But now they're 3-1 and one in a great position. They're... Uh, you know, they in Oregon and Seattle have certainly emerged at the top of the of the pack, uh, and that those are the teams I think people are going to be afraid of going into the playoffs. But we've seen a pretty good amount of parity across the league, with the exception of Seattle. After Seattle, I, I, yeah, I mean, Seattle's I, going to be big favorites. Seattle's going to win this league. Seattle's going to win the championship. I, I would be pretty surprised if they didn't. They just they look deeper, they look faster, stronger, better. Um, let's talk about what happened to Puel. We had uh, three games this past weekend. Revolution gets the win at home in Medellin, 18-10 over Monarchs, a highly entertaining contest. I mean, Revo is so good and so fun to watch. Uh, still remains to be seen how they're going to handle this upcoming road trip. But I feel, having seen some other teams in action, I feel better about their chances. You know, I had them like kind of a hot take not to make the playoffs. I'm not sure I buy that now because I don't think they, they I don't think it's possible for the New York gridlock to beat Revolution. Uh, New York just getting pasted by DC this weekend. Uh, you know, they didn't even crack 10 goals. They lose 20 to nine. So gridlock, yikes. Um, so another, a nice win for DC. DC, Raleigh, Revo, those are your teams right there in the PUL. I, I think I, I would be shocked if one of those three teams didn't win the championship. I mean, most of the league has not played two games. So it feels like, so declarative to be like, okay, yeah, we already know. And and for the most part, this confirms our priors. It's convenient for us to be like, okay, well, yes, we were right the whole time. Uh, these are the best teams. But it's hard not to feel that way when you watch them play. I mean, these teams look like they are at a different level than the other teams they're playing against. And there are a couple teams that we felt like on the fringes, you know, maybe, oh, maybe the Monarchs are going to be this good. Well, they've got a one goal win, a, a narrow win over the Pride. And then they go and they lose pretty handily to Revo. Yep, that's not going to make you look like a contender. Uh, New York, obviously a, a really sad effort for them on the road. Uh, will they probably get better over the course of the year? Sure, they lost some really key pieces from last year. Maybe maybe one of these teams will be the kind of Atlanta of 2019 and not have a sterling regular season, but show up ready to play a championship weekend. But it, it, it feels like those are the three teams to watch. Portland maybe uh, Portland's now uh, what, the fourth spot in our power rankings, and they are in the division with New York, Washington, and, and many. And just like people had feared, that they look like some of the strongest teams in the division. Portland getting a big comeback win in overtime over Austin. They looked really bad in the first half of that game. Uh, and then really good for the rest of the game. So uh, I don't know what to make of Portland, their first game ever. Minnesota's going to make their, their debut this uh, this coming weekend. So there's a lot of stuff to still figure out, but like I just haven't seen anybody who looks like they're playing at the level of these other three teams. Now the, I will say, all of our fears about Revo are about what happens when they have to travel, right? We know they don't have as many pickups this year. Roster's a bit thinner. 
Uh, you know, some some of the players on the roster are a year older. What? They're going to be travel playing all their games in like a ten day period yep. against the best teams in the league. Yep. They're not going to have the home field advantage. They did a tip. Like, I, I wouldn't. It still wouldn't shock me necessarily if they drop games during this road trip. They're playing some of the best teams in the league. But when it comes to championship weekend, where everything is is it's a two game run. If they make it to championship weekend, you know they're able to ride these stars uh, they're, they're that good they're that well practiced at playing together being able to run them out on on run, have other players run out on defense and then sub them in after the timeout it's just like it's a power move so uh, they're going to be contention leanne hoffman is going to play for revo while they're over in the states wow. i don't know if i've mentioned that before on the pod but you have not yeah i don't think i've seen mention of this anywhere uh, yeah that that's straight from mauricio what a pickup. Coach. So I, I don't know if there's others. We'll see. But uh, yes, that is a nice pickup. Um, so if you want more Western Ultimate League, Premier Ultimate League chatter, check out our other podcast in the Ulti World Network, Double Overtime, brand new, hosted by Jenna Weiner and Sasha Vogel. And uh, make sure if you're a subscriber to check out Triple Overtime, their subscriber bonus segment. Keith, every <laughs> other podcast has a catchy name for their subscriber bonus segment. And we just have deep look subscriber bonus segment. This is deeper, terrible. Deeper we, look. <laughs> I mean, it, that's the obvious thing to do, right? Deeper look. It just feel. I feel like we're chasing at this point, though. I don't know. We, <laughs> we had a true. chance to establish a precedent long ago. We were late. Look, double overtime's living up to their namesake. There's overtime games like every week. There was a double overtime week. So yes, there uh, was. They, it's playing play right into their hand. I don't, I, if somebody if somebody out there has a great name for our subscriber bonus segment, please, please uh, enlighten us. We need the help. All right. So let's turn our attention to the upcoming AUDL season. Uh, it starts on Friday, April 29th. So that's a week from about a week from now. Um, and, uh, you know, broadly, the, the, the top teams from last year are still the top teams. I mean, that, 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 as a broad statement, that's still true. But we have a lot of changes in the AUDL this season. So let's break down some of the basics, and then we'll get into talking about teams. Uh, first thing to know, we have new teams joining the league. Three new teams, all out west. Portland, Nitro, they join the league. Salt Lake Shred, they join the league. And the Colorado Summit join the league. So if there's been a weakness in the AUDL's sort of geographical coverage, it's basically been those cities, particularly Portland and Denver. But what we've seen from Utah's ultimate scene lately and the Killjoys playing well at Club Nationals and just the development of the youth scene there, it's just a matter of time until Utah is putting out a very high quality team. Um, So those three teams are going to be joining the league. We're going back to four divisions, so we're getting rid of the mega Atlantic division, and we're going back to Central, East, South, and West. The Texas teams are leaving the West and going back to the South after going to the West last time, last season. Uh, So because those three new teams are in the West, it makes a lot more sense to bring the Texas teams back over into the South division. Uh, Although it is so weird to have all of your expansion teams in one division. Like that is unheard weird. of to be in, in major professional sports. The difference is though, Keith, that it's not like a traditional expansion team in other sports where you have to do an expansion draft and you're right. you know coming up like it would be impossible to pull this off in the NFL or something. 
But because you're just drawing on local talent base, it's going to be perfectly fine. I I, I agree. Although, and, and we're going to talk about this more, I think, when we start assessing these teams. I do think expansion teams tend to perform a little bit worse than we expect. And the West has not necessarily been the power region uh, uh, among these groups. So uh, could we be looking at a watered down West this year? Potentially. Potentially. Uh, it's going to be very interesting to see if any of those teams can be competitive up at the top with like San Diego. Uh, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, playoff structure this year. Three teams from the East and the West and the Central will make the playoffs. Two teams from the South, a smaller division. Uh, the two teams in the South will just play the South championship game. Winner goes to championship weekend. The other two divisions, you'll have the two and the three seed play against each other. They will face off against the one seed that gets the first round by uh, in the championship games. And then the winners will all go to championship weekend, which is being held in Madison again this year. So back to Madison for championship weekend. And uh, that will be in August. So that's the basic structure of the season. Remember, we're on a 12 game schedule now instead of 14. Uh, everybody plays six home games, six away games. There are some uh, interleague games this year uh, across divisions. Not many of them are very interesting, um, unfortunately. So we don't get like a big, awesome game between, you know, Raleigh and New York or something like that. Uh, but, you know, still nice to see some some cross-divisional games happening. And uh, this is going to look more... The other thing I didn't mention yet, the Canadian teams are coming back into the East Division and they're going to be playing competition. Um, it will be interesting, you know, if, you, if you're if you a game of the week watcher, you're not going to see any Canadian teams. So that will be, uh, you'll have to kind of seek that out if you want to watch those the Canadian teams. It's going to feel a little bit like they're not in the spotlight, I think, because of um, just broadcast challenges of, of trying to do games from Canada. It, it's it's an interesting setup. Uh, I'm, I'm excited for a playoff weekend. And having three teams for some of these divisions make it, I think it's going to lead to some real drama. I mean, I can see, you know, going into the last week of play, not knowing who's going to make the playoffs, like having elimination games, basically prior to the postseason. you've got a big league. Now you've got 25 teams. So it makes sense that we have an expanded field for the postseason and a more fully fleshed out postseason. I think could be really exciting. Uh, let me just run down the teams that are in the division so that you, you might not remember all of the divisional uh, alignments. <laughs> Uh, in the East, you've got Ottawa, Toronto, and Montreal, the Canadian teams, along with D.C., New York, Boston, and Philly. In the Central, you've got Indianapolis, Minnesota, Chicago, Madison, Pittsburgh, and Detroit. In the South, you've got Dallas and Austin, and then Tampa, Atlanta, and now the Carolina Flyers. They changed their name from Raleigh to Carolina. Uh, and in the West, you've got the San Diego Growlers, Salt Lake Shred, Portland Nitro, Car Colorado Summit, Seattle Cascades, LA Aviators, and now the Oakland Spiders instead of the San Jose Spiders. Uh, so that's uh, seven teams in the West, six teams in the Central, seven teams in the East, and five teams in the South. So it's wonky. I mean, we, we talked way back when about the South and the two the two bid region, the division with only two bids, five teams. Like it's it's a bit weird. When you have these other divisions that are so much larger, but I have three playoff spots and kind of weighing the the how that impacts the fortunes of some of these teams, you know, who should be excited about being in their new division and who should be upset? I mean, I think Raleigh's probably pretty excited, although maybe they were so secure they didn't care either way. 
So here's my question for you, Keith, before we start to kind of break down each division and talk about, you know, who we think is going to come out into the playoffs uh, of the expansion teams, who's going to have the best season, Colorado, Portland or Salt Lake? Unfortunately, they're like, like we mentioned, all in the same division. So it's really going to be a head to head competition for the most part. Uh, And all the hype I feel like right now is around Colorado. Uh, I'm, I don't know if that's because their college team's so good or a big name like Jay Frude being on the roster is there. Uh, but I, I'm a little cooler perhaps on this Colorado team. And and just maybe that's because I am on the expansion for franchises in general. I mean, Boston had a really talented roster last year and they turned out to be a fairly middling team. And I expect that you're going to see the cracks in the depth for these teams, even if they have some big names. Uh, so Portland... You know, Leandro Marks, uh, our, our own Alex Rubin, who's uh, done a, a lot of reporting for the ADL for us, had as Leandro Marks looking like an MVP candidate coming out of the preseason. Wow. That's pretty exciting. I, I'm, they have Rafi Hayes. Uh, they have Eli Friedman. Uh, there's definitely talent on this team to be excited about. Uh, and then, you know, you have uh, have, have the, the last team, Salt Lake Shred. Uh, save your Salt Lake Lions jokes. I think we're going to see a much more talented group. <laughs> This time around, but it's hard not to have a little skepticism given that there's not a lot of, uh, of proven uh, success to the Salt Lake name. Uh, so I, I think I kind of default to Colorado, but I, I'm a, I would push them further down the power rankings than, say, the AUDL's preseason power rankings where Colorado was eight and Portland's nine and I think Salt Lake's 15. Uh, I think I would push everybody down a, a step or two. Okay. Yeah, I mean – it's going to be interesting, you know. The, the Colorado team, they have some established AUDL players from the past. Uh, you know, mentioned Jay Frude, but Danny Landisman has played very well in the AUDL in the past. The Aviators, uh, you have all of the really talented young players coming out of, you know, particularly the University of Colorado, like Alex Atkins, Quinn Finer. Uh, I think this team's going to be pretty darn good, Keith. And you know, when I look around the rest of the West Division. I'm like, okay, who are they going to lose to? Who are they going to beat? I mean, I think the games between like Portland and Colorado are probably going to decide which of those teams, you know, maybe even makes the playoffs Uh, because I think Portland has a chance to be extremely good too. Um, You know, we've seen what Rhino has been able to do lately in the club division. Rafi Hayes is, you know, like was kind of a surprise cut from the world games team in some ways. Uh, Leandro Marks has had huge moments and looked great in the preseason contest. So, look, I you know it's hard to say. I agree with what you say about the depth. I do think that's a question mark. But that's true of all of these West teams, except maybe San <laughs> yes. Diego. So it's not it, you know you put one of these teams in the East or something, and then it's like okay they're going to beat up on the bad teams and they're probably going to finish in the middle of the pack and they probably miss the playoffs. But in the West, I, I mean, I think there's playoff spots up for grabs right now. Like uh, maybe we should just start in the West since we're already talking about it. San Diego still the front runner here, yes? Absolutely, absolutely on question. So t- t- talk to me about what what you think about San Diego and, and how they're going to fare, especially with some more competition in the division. Well, San Diego, it, a lot of it for me comes down to like they, they, they kind of have a winning culture. They know what to do. They know how to get back to the spot. And they have the key parts, I think, that, that get people excited about their team, namely Travis Dunn and Goose Helton. They're both back. Uh, Jeff Silverman, Stephen Milardovich, like these are the names we've come to associate with San Diego over the years. You know, they they lose Khalif El Salam, Jonathan Nethercutt, 
Those are both big name pieces that I were good for them last year, but weren't the thing, the engine. They didn't make things go. And they're getting Sean McDougal, who I think will slot in very well. And it's always great to take a take one right out of the hands of one of your individual rivals. Uh, so being able to rip the heart out of another team is, is obviously good for them. Uh, I think that we're going to see San Diego continue to pump out a successful regular season team that will be competitive in the playoffs. They have an identity and they know how to get there. So I expect them to have a, a pretty big leg up over the rest of the league, which always feels like they're kind of scrambling to figure those things out. Yeah, you know, I think this team wins the West. I think this team likely qualifies for championship weekend. But after that, I think it's wide open. I think it's wide that, open. I, agree I think with. I think it could be two expansion teams that make the playoffs with this team. I think we could see Colorado, San Diego, and, and Portland in the playoff. You know, Seattle is the other team that you look at as, as a potential option. They certainly have some talent on the roster, but they've had talent on the roster and eh, they've been inconsistent. I, you know, I don't think we've seen the level of consistency necessary for them to, to you know, compete week in and week out. Um, so then, then you look around the rest of the division, and it's like Oakland. I mean, I they'd have to have a lot of things break right for them to, to make the playoffs. And LA is going to be terrible. And they're going to be off. <laughs> I mean, they, they, they could end up being one of the worst teams in the league this season. So then you're like, okay, well, how good is Salt Lake and Portland and Colorado? Because I think my, my guess is we see San Diego versus Colorado in a competitive game in the post in, in the championship round. Um, although I do think Portland has a great chance to make that interesting. I, there very much is the the both expansion teams make it is very much in play or two even two I guess if you want to throw Salt Lake in there just because there's nobody else to be afraid of in this in this division I I just can't buy in on Seattle I I want to Charlie <laughs> so badly it it makes me think so much of the Washington College men's program like I look at the team and I'm like wow on paper this is just like. So many good players. How can, how can this go wrong? But they just don't bring it week in and week out. That's right. They don't travel well. Uh, I I'm, have to harbor some skepticism. But because the rest of the division also leaves me with the same skepticism, I think maybe that will allow me to like buy into the fact that they will be good enough to make the playoffs. They finished last in the West last year. I know. Three and, and nine, of- Keith. A lot of the talent is going to be pretty similar. Yep. Uh, but I don't know, man. It's it's a weird, weird team. It's a weird team. Uh, but Manny Eckert's great. Uh, they have a lot of veterans. I just maybe there's a lack of buy-in. I, I I'm not sure exactly what the deal is there. Uh, but you're right. I mean, I think LA is taking a step back. I'm not expecting Oakland to be elite. I think they'll you know be a competitive team that sneaks a win. You know, that's the kind of stuff we've seen out west before. So it's it's really is a toss up after you get to that second spot, and it almost will be kind of like a war of attrition. Like whoever can not get mired in the muck could could just emerge as, as the best team, only to get uh, throttled in the divisional final. <laughs> Salt Salt Lake, that's gonna be an interesting team. Got to keep an eye on that team. I think their depth is not going to be there. I think the bottom half of their roster is probably going to be kind of bad, but they have great coaching in Bryce Merrill. They have a bunch of BYU guys who are very legit. And then there's some other players from around Utah, like uh, Nathan Huff, who's had a great season for uh, U- University of Utah. 
Utah State's um, Garrett Martin and like a great youth program. They're going to be young, but I, I think they could be more competitive than people expect. Um, I don't think at this point I feel like I can pick them into the playoffs, but I think some teams are going to go to Salt Lake at altitude and lose games they shouldn't because Utah is going to be tough and they're going to also be taking it seriously. The big question mark is, you know, can they get enough time together to build chemistry? And I don't know. They got a lot of players from all over the region. You hit on, you hit on something that I think will be a big advantage is that they have a lot of motivation. I expect them to have a high level buy-in. I expect them to be a fantastic team at home with a ton of home support. I mean, this is a thing Utah Ultimate can rally around to say like, hey, look at us. The opportunity they never get. Right. Like watch us go out here and compete with the best. This, I think, will be a rallying cry for them. I think that this is going to be kind of their superpower. They're going to have a – they will have a young team, but they're going to have a lot to prove. And I think that they're going to be really excited to try and do that on a big stage. So I expect Salt, Salt Lake – I think that they get a little bit of off-paper boost. You know, they have a little bit of the intangible boost that I'm not sure might be there for a team like Seattle. Let's move over to the South Division. Uh, Obviously, Carolina will be the heavy favorite here. And, I mean, frankly, they're just, the Flyers, they're kind of running it back. Like, a couple people leave, they pick up a couple young, talented players. But the core of this roster is the same one that won a title last year. And they should have absolutely no problem winning this division and getting to championship weekend. And the real questions are going to come at championship weekend. Um, so maybe we'll save our discussion of them a little bit more. And once we start to talk about our semis uh, picks and, and on to who, who we think is going to win the championship. But yeah, I mean, they are, they're a significant step above the rest of this division. Uh, you know, I think Atlanta was a playoff team last year. Are they better Atlanta? What do you think, Keith? I don't know. <laughs> I think it's fair uh, to say that it's it's a little unclear. Yeah. I, I mean, what, the thing that has made Atlanta great over these past few years has been their ability to develop uh, a high chemistry unit, right, and integrate new pieces. You know, I think Antoine Davis maybe struggled a little bit out of the gates because he was unfamiliar with the system despite his, his unquestionable talent. And they're probably going to have some of the same experience integrating some of the new pieces this year. Khalif El-Salam. Bobby Lay is going to – and Bradley Sinjins have probably played a bit with some of these other players in club play uh, and other spaces. But they'll probably have some of the same things going on too. Uh, you know, I, I do think that having El Salam and Sinjins who are these defense first players, like that's going to be something that they can work with. Uh, I think that's going to help Atlanta. So maybe I think Atlanta is going to be slightly better this year than they were last year. But I don't know if it's going to move the needle to get them past anybody else in the division that they need to. Uh, because it's so competitive. I do think it may keep them ahead of an awesome team that, that I like as one of my sleeper picks. They, Atlanta could have one of the best defenses in the league. I mean, they did last year. I mean, they should be expected to. And right? now they're adding two very strong defensive players. And, you know, Bobby Lay probably slots in on the offense for them and gives them another thrower. Uh, I'm, I'm curious about the team. I, I think Antoine Davis, very good. But you saw his limitations in the the game against New York. You know, when you put him in a position where he has to be a thrower, he tends to make mistakes. And if you can keep him from being just crushing you deep, which he's obviously capable of doing and did at multiple points last season, uh, 
I, I actually think in some ways Davis may be a better fit on New York where he's where he heads to, and we'll talk about them in a little bit. Uh, because there's just not they they have so many strong throwers that like that just will not be required of Davis. They can put him on the defense or they can put him on the offense. Very versatile player, but you know, I think it it when you look at Atlanta's roster coming up, you know, adding in the players that they do, I think it fills the hole of losing Antoine Davis. Their offense may look different, but I think that they'll still be a successful team. I just don't think they're going to be better than Raleigh, and I don't think it's going to necessarily be that close. So, so the ultimate question, I guess, for uh, for Atlanta to me is John Stubbs. <laughs> well, yes. Right? I mean, he played six games for them last year, uh, and you know when he was there, he was one of the best players in the league. Like, How much John Stubbs do they get? If they get more John Stubbs than they got last year, they're probably going to be better. Uh, if they get if they get as much or fewer, that's probably where their fate lies. We just got to play that clip where that, it's John Stubbs chasing out a disc. John Stubbs, John Stubbs, John Stubbs. <laughs> that's a throwback that, for some folks. It is. It is a throwback. <laughs> that's a deep cut. I do think that they may benefit also just from the growth of some of their younger players, uh, some of the guys who've uh, playing for this Georgia team. You know, how's Hayden Austin Nab going to continue to grow? Yeah. Uh, will they continue to recruit from that group? Adam Miller's been a part of this team for a little while. He's probably going to be able to take on a bigger defensive role than we've seen in the past years. Uh, and that'll help help deal with some of the potential aging players that they have as well. Uh, Carl Eckwurzel, Carl Enzone. <laughs> uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing his growth this year. Eli Jaime. Uh, there's there's some there's some talent. The sneaky pickup. They picked up Eli Monica. I didn't know that. Uh, we'll see. We'll see what they end up doing with him. But I, I look. They're certainly in contention to be in the favorite to take the second spot uh, in this division. And, I mean, they're going to have to go through Raleigh. I think if they play their best game and Raleigh plays a good game and not a great game, I think this team will be good enough to beat Raleigh. But I- I'm not counting on it. I like the take. So tell me about you, – you think Austin is a sleeper pick. I mean, I Look, think Austin's Austin, clearly the other team that has a shot at the playoffs with Dallas and Tampa probably having no chance. It's, a, it's a crazy to say that about Dallas, but uh, the, the Legion, it's a, it's a new new era. But look, Austin was the team that we slept on last year. And basically, they bring the whole group back, right? All the players that we were like, wow, I can't believe how good this team is. Your Evan Switex, your Vinay Valsaraj, uh, you know, Evan they, Broadbeck. Mick Walt- Broadbeck. Evan Broadbeck, Mick Walter. Like, who is Mick Walter? <laughs> uh, he's awesome, as it turns out. Uh, Matt Armour is like, you know, one of those grinders that people love. Uh, they Elliot Moore is going to be better. Chambers brothers, and they're getting Kyle Heinke back. So, look, I am excited about where this team could go. I'm not sleeping this year. In fact, I'm jumping on the bandwagon this time around. Uh, I think that this is one of those teams that like they don't have a lot of discernible stars. Although Heinke coming in can help turn that around. But they put out a bunch of good players who play well together. So I like this team. I think, however, they may struggle from the fact that they feel a little bit like Atlanta in that high chemistry is part of their benefit, but worse at it. So I think that that could be a challenge for them. But, you know, if Atlanta slips, like, I think they are firmly in position to take that second spot. And I think they would be a tough playoff team in any other division where they didn't have to go through Raleigh. Good point. I I think here's going to be the keys for Austin. They have got to win their home games against Raleigh and Atlanta. Ooh, that's like tough. you gotta you gotta bring your best roster and you need to game plan for those games two weeks ahead of time and do everything you can to win those games. 
because it's going to be hard to go on the road and win against those teams. You need to at least give yourself a chance by winning your home games when they're traveling and they're going to probably have a weaker roster and they're going to be dealing with the back-to-back with Dallas and whatnot. Uh, That's going to be critical. And I think, you know, it's also a matter of not trying to do too much with, you know, any roster changes. Like Kyle Henke comes back. Make sure that you put him in a position to succeed and don't break what was working last year. I think, you know, the team will have a target on its back a little bit more. I think one of the advantages that they had last year is that people didn't think they were going to be that good. Remember when Dallas came out in the first game and and Austin beat them and it was at like Dallas looked totally shell-shocked. I mean, Dallas had taken Dallas all of just, Austin's best players, theoretically. Yes. <laughs> and like Dallas, Dallas was probably the better team on paper. They were clearly not that good. They were not as good as people expected them to be. But Austin was like, you know what? We're not going to be the little brother. We're going to win this game. And they did. And then they beat him again. Uh, I love it. That, that was a great story from last time around. But now they won't have that advantage of having Dallas saunter in and assume they're going to win just by showing up. Uh, people are going to actually prep for them and, and play hard. And, you know, I think it'd be an advantage. I think it'd be good for them if they can finish above 500. They were six and six last year. Uh, even if you don't make the playoffs, you know, finish seven and five and, uh, you know, take a step forward this season. They, I, they just feel like the kind of team that we're going to get to the end of the season and they're going to be on the outside looking in. And I'll think that they could have finished second in like all the other divisions. Could happen. Uh, anything to say about Tampa or Dallas? I mean, Dallas is just rosters totally gutted. Uh, and Tampa loses Bobby Lay and Andrew Roney. And I mean, they're just going to be dreadful. Uh, like they, they, they may not win a game in their division. I, I don't know what to make of Tampa. Uh, I guess, like, I, I'm not going to belabor the point on them. I am curious what their identity is going to look like because it's been so tied up in let's give the ball to these couple of guys and let them throw anything they want. Yeah. And they'll, yeah. however many turnovers they take, we don't care. Like, we'll deal with that. I'm, I don't know what their identity is going to be. So they, they feel like a blank slate to me. You know, we've seen the coaching staff change over. So I, I, I'm curious what they are. But, but I mean, they, they could be worse than Detroit this year. The, yes, the, they the could. Tampa versus Detroit. Can we? If, if that's not an out of out of region game that I want to see, like give me that one, UDL. <laughs> no, 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 no. We're not going to give Detroit a freebie, Keith. We're not going to no. give Detroit a freebie. They got to go out and earn it this season and try to 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 break the streak. Okay, so let's let's go over to the Central Division and let's talk about Detroit I just, first and foremost. I just want yeah, I, this just somebody mark down this timestamp because I know this is going to be. In Tampa's timestamps right there. I just called them a freebie for Detroit. I didn't say that. Charlie did. Just remember that. Detroit is actually going to be kind of good this year, Keith. I mean, they're not going to be good. Kind of good feels like a stretch. They're not going to be good, but they're going to – I think they're going to win a game. I think they're going to win a game. In fact, I will put money on it right now. If you if you don't think they're going to win a game, I'm happy to bet on it right now. Wow. I don't know if I thought enough about – but but – I, you will not be the only person talking about this bet. So, uh, you know, I'm, I think you're going to be able to find a taker, uh, even if you go off in this the, podcast. The concern that I have is that the, some of the signings they have, you know, like things start to fall apart midseason and like people start no-showing games and it's like a total disaster. Because let's be honest, the franchise is a dumpster fire. It's awful. <laughs> They've been so bad for so long. It's incredible that they're still in the league in some ways. And but... But they signed Johnny Bansfield, Nathan Champeau, Jake, Jake Steslicki, uh, James Highsmith. Mac Hecht is going to play with this team. 
I saw his name on the roster and I messaged him and I was like, are you playing? Is this you? Like, is this this Mac hacked or is there another Mac hacked that I don't know? And indeed, <laughs> he is going to play. He's recovering from surgery right now, but he's going to play some games late in the season. Uh, so Sorry, I'm, I'm imagining another Mac hacked. Like, there used to be two running backs in the NFL who had the same name. And like people in fantasy football would accidentally draft the bad one instead of the good uh, right. one. I okay, can't remember but, who it was. That's that's what if there was a second back act then you got all excited. Hang on a second. And I'm gonna I'm gonna have it put it on the screen if you're watching on YouTube. Look at the Chartok brother here that's not Elliot <laughs> on New York. Look at this. I was like, wait. Is Elliot on is they like did they like copy his uh picture twice here and like put him on the roster twice on accident they look so similar incredible um okay so back to detroit look (laughs) they have some actual talent on the roster other teams routinely send a terrible like game day rosters to play against detroit like maybe that will change this year because it won't just be an automatic win the other thing is that you know detroit almost won games last year there were a couple times where they were in a game late and had a shot and they are going to just be so much more talented now like I think that they can score with more consistency on offense and give themselves a chance in some home games I think they're going to win a game there there are certainly things that that point in your favor I mean having two teams that have been weaker teams in the league in Pittsburgh and Indy in your division that's helpful right somebody travels on the road they don't you're the back end of a double double header like that could certainly benefit you uh and We've seen Detroit come close on some of those in the past. Uh, you know, late season situation where Minnesota and Madison already at Chicago has things locked up and they're coming to visit. Maybe they maybe they're not sending in the full roster or whatnot. You also have, I mean, is there any team more more motivated to get a win, no matter how meaningless it might be on paper, than Detroit? Absolutely not. I mean, this is a team that wants wants that W. They're gonna be hungry for that W. But like you, I'm a little concerned about the buy-in here. I mean, this is not a, an organization that has a great history of getting buy-in, right? So I'm, I'm nervous about that component. Like, is is the leadership going to be there to get these players excited about being there, to get them bought into playing uh, some uh, an identity, a, a Detroit mechanics ball, whatever it is? Uh, I'm, I'm curious. I do, however, agree with you. I think if I had to pick, I'd say they're going to get a win. I mean, okay. Getting to play against Pittsburgh and Indy, yes. is going to be really increase your chances. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about the top of the division. Last year, Chicago was the best team, although they, you know, Minnesota sort of had to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory in order to let <laughs> Chicago through to the championship weekend. Uh, but I think Minnesota is going to be the uh, the top team in the division this year as we head into the preseason uh, and get ready to go here. Uh, you know, you you take a look at returning most of the starters from last year. They bring in Abe Coffin, which is on his own a big deal. I mean, I'm already talking to other people in the Central who are like, really do not want to deal with facing Abe Coffin. Um, they add Tristan Vandemortel as well, Rami Poust. Uh, they've, they've stolen some players from other teams. They've added some other top Minnesota talent, and Chicago's gotten worse. And when you add up those things and how close they were to getting to championship weekend last year, this is the team to beat in the central division this year. I I think you're probably right. Uh, you know, we saw them kind of adapt a new style of play, which I think Abe Coffin will fit well into. I mean, 
you could really see him pairing next to Andrew Roy and you know playing this high level of possession offense that I think they could thrive with on offense when they have this defense that can go out and take the disc away with guys like Dylan DeClerc and uh, Colin Barry. You know, I, th- I think that they took some real steps forward last year. Nick Vogt kind of feels like a potential centerpiece offensively. He and Cole Jurek are, are, are kind of the young stars on this team. Uh, I think Rami Paust, I, I was really excited by the way that he played with Madison last year. So I'm very curious what, what he'll do for them this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vanuka, Will Brandt, the young guy, got a lot of great run last year. He could be on a, on a real big trajectory. He could be kind of a breakout player for them this year too. So there's a lot of reasons to be excited about, about how the windshield set up going into this season. And maybe most of all, it's that it looks like Chicago may have taken a step back. Yeah. I mean, Chicago is losing Keegan North, Vaughn Allen Geelan, Peter Graffy, Kurt Gibson. Uh, so they lose some key players. You know, they're still going to be good. They're still going to be Absolutely. a team that can be fighting for a playoff spot 100%. Like they're going to get into the playoffs. And they could be the team that qualifies. Like when you look down and you see that Paul Giannis and Paul Arters are on the team, like their offense is going to have a chance to go and score with a lot of consistency against anybody. And it's not, you know, they they almost beat Raleigh at championship weekend last year. The thing is, I just think they lose a little bit too much from their defense to be able to overcome that. With Minnesota getting better, they're getting a little bit worse. I, th- I worry about the depth a little bit more now for Chicago. Uh, you know, I, I think we got to play the games to find out Paul Arters is a beast and could keep them in games. So... We'll see what happens. I just think, uh, you know, they've they, they lost too many of their key starters, even though they still kind of have their stars. They're going to they're gonna need some people to develop and step up. You know, uh, you know your Eli Artemekis's, uh, your Jason Valleys, uh, they're going to need some of these guys to step up into, into bigger roles uh, this year because, th- yeah, th- it's hard to say they didn't lose some of their top-end cachet. And Keegan North was a really critical part of of what they were doing on offense. That's on the true. other side, I think every, I think all the hype's going to be on Nate Goff going into this, into this season. Uh, yes. Maybe, Fresh maybe, off the world game selection. Does Is he going to have to take his dial it back? Is he going to be like, yeah, it's the world games year? I, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen with that. Keep, I mean, keep I an certainly, eye on that. I certainly imagine him t- taking some games off right before that tournament. And I'm during the saying. tournament, of course. Yeah. I mean, I, I, it's it's very plausible. You don't want to get hurt playing AUDL game right before World Games. Especially not in the regular season. And there's going to be some practice weekends and whatnot. Like, he's probably going to miss games. Which, which uh, when, you think, when you think about him being potentially the player that was really going to break out, you know, put together an all-AUDL season, join uh, Pavel Giannis, really the star of this team this year, that... that Concerns me that there may be a little less of him present than than you would like if you were just your average Union fan. Well, those are certainly the top two teams. Can Madison compete in this division? They went seven and five last year. They were third, so they would have had a playoff spot if there were three spots last season. Uh, can they compete? You, you know the things that I've said about about a couple of the other teams that are that have that external motivation, that thing, that intangible effect. That I, I talked a bunch about that with with the Salt Lake Shred. That used to feel like that was Madison, right? They were the team that always felt like they got more 
They were more than the sum of their parts. Uh, they squeezed every bit of talent out of their team and did it with great home fans. They were one of the most, most difficult environments to play in, a great organization. They still have a lot of that, but does, it feels like the shine wore off a little bit, right? It, did, it didn't carry them in the way it did last year. And I don't think you could stack them up and say, hey, this roster is as talented as where you're going to see for Minnesota and Chicago as well. So I do think it's going to be tough sledding for Madison. I do think they will continue to outperform what they have on paper, but they mm-hmm. might just be too many steps behind uh, Chicago and, and Minnesota to to really get back into it. Yeah, I mean, you know, they got their they got their Madison crew coming around. You know, they've got a bunch of these vet. I mean, so they got some old dudes on this team. Like Tom Annan is back on this team. Like I thought that dude retired like four years ago. Uh, but they also pick up some young guys who are pretty good. Kai DiLorenzo. And how about this? Kai Marcus. Kai That's Marcus. Out of, nowhere. Of, out of nowhere. I saw his name on the roster. I was like, what? And indeed, he is there. Um, and uh, he's actually, I think he was out of the country for a year or two. And is now back and playing for Madison. Um, and he was really good in college. Do not forget. Like he was a great player for UNC. Um, and, uh, we'll, you know, we'll see if he brings some of his, uh, antics to the AUDL. Well, uh, they also, they also got, uh, Zach Braun to add a little bit of depth. I mean, yeah. I, I think Kai Lorenzo, I'm very intrigued by what he will do. Yeah. I think a lot of the attention will be on the flashiness of Kai Marcus, but Kai Lorenzo was a force at division three college level. So I'm very curious to see how big of a role he can carve out for a team that's probably looking for a big offensive playmaker to step, take a step forward. We know the defense is going to be good. That's what Madison's done for a long time. Yeah. They've got KPS. It's their they identity. Do. Who's going to drive the offense. You know, they got a lot out of Victor Lowe last year, but Rami Paus was a big part of that. Uh, so I, I'm curious where they're going to generate the offense and, and Victor Lowe had some really good moments. I think he ended up like he ended up like second on the team in yardage behind uh, Paust. So they lost Paust, who led the team with almost five thousand yards. But Victor Lowe had forty five hundred yards to his name. He had a couple of inconsistent efforts, uh, some 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 weak games where he had a, a few more throwaways than I think you want. But he could be a really key offensive piece for them if they do want to have the good offense they're going to need to compete with these other teams in the division. Pittsburgh. Uh... Went one and eleven last season, playing in the Atlantic. Now they get to go back to the friendly confines of the Central, where they get to play worse teams on a regular basis. Uh, the problem is, I still just don't think they have enough talent. Uh, you know, Max Shepard, CJ Clickio, good players. They have decent depth. I just don't think they have enough star level talent to really compete in the division. I think they got a shot at getting the third spot in the playoffs, but that's kind of the extent of it. Uh, you know, the, the the good news for them is that Indy and Detroit are still going to be mostly easy wins. Uh, hard for me to see Indy doing much this year. It's kind of just trying to bring the same guys back and what, you know, improve to four and eight this year. I they need to have an infusion of talent if they want to go anywhere in this division. They can't just keep doing the same thing with the same guys who are starting to get a little too old uh, and expect to be able to win. Their, their big ad from the offseason is uh, Ian Engler, who is a great rock solid handler, like a, a guy who can really drive offense. But For Pittsburgh, uh, not, you're talking about. For Pittsburgh, yes. Yeah. Not, not flashy. Not flashy. Uh, so I, I get why why there's not a lot of excitement for this team. Uh, I, I still expect them to be a grinding team, but I think you're right. I think the top end is just a little too thin for them. 
to make up for it by being a hardworking, deep team. So it's it's going to be tough sledding, I think, in the, in the central. All right, over to the east. Um, gosh, I don't know what to say about these Canadian teams. Yet last year was weird. Uh, they <laughs> had their own little mini competition going on. Um, let, let, let's talk about this. Who's going to be the best team? Montreal was clearly the standout last year. They won the Canada Cup. They went 7-2. and two. Uh, Do you expect them to be the top team again this season, Keith? I sure do, Charlie. I sure do. In fact, I, I, Montreal to me is going to be pushing for a playoff spot. Okay, okay, uh, I like it. I, I think that I think that people are going to be underestimating these teams because they didn't see them much last year. Uh, you know, I, I wasn't high on them going into the Canada Cup, but when you look at the players that they're bringing back, I mean, they have a, guys who were tearing it up. Uh, Jacob Brissett, Sasha Poitsikolsky, uh, they were awesome. Uh, Kevin Quinlan's still there. Uh, so he's going to be you know, the veteran presence, a big playmaker in the backfield for them. I mean, I, I think that Montreal has a chance of being really good. Uh, they're Obviously, the top of this division is going to be beyond the reach of them, I think. But uh, I do think that they're going to be able to battle for one of these playoff spots. Well, I mean, and, and the, the thing is, like, it looks like to me, like Ottawa is probably the second best team here, you know, led by Nick Boucher, Jeremy Hill. They're, they're not going to be a playoff team, but they're solid. Toronto, this team is is unrecognizable compared to what we saw <laughs> in the past. You know, Toronto used to be a team that would auto qualify out of the East. You know, for years New York was trying to beat Toronto and they just never could do it. And finally New York cracks through and beats Toronto and now you don't even know anybody on this roster. They have 16 rookies this season. So it's a full reboot in Toronto. You know, maybe they'll be kind of fun and new and interesting. I don't think they're going to be good. Uh it, but it, it it's it's surprising. But like we've seen the the era of, you know, your Mark Lloyds and your Andrew Carrolls and your Cam Harrises, it's kind of come to an end for the rush. Not not kind of. I mean, it's it's over. It's it's a new it's a new chapter. Uh you're right that these this is going to be a young team, an inexperienced team. I think that's going to potentially hold them back. They will be excitable. So don't be surprised if they sneak an upset somewhere uh, because of that energy and th- that youth. But uh, that exuberance can only carry you so far. I mean, they basically feel like an expansion team. I, I-, I think they will be worse than the expansion teams. Uh, and I don't think that's really a hot take or anything. <laughs> but, uh, you know, the organizational power that you get by being a long-established team with a winning track record, like, kind of feels like it gets out the window for them. Well, New York, clearly the team to beat in the East – Coming off the win uh, last year in the division, get to the championship game, hang tough with Raleigh, uh, and then they add Antoine Davis this offseason. In some ways, I think it's even more important that they've added a bunch of key depth pieces, guys like Ethan Fortin, um, that are going to help them because one of the problems they had last year is they were heavily reliant on their top guys to go out and kind of carry the load. Um, and, you know, against the worst teams, their D-line was able to do lots of good work, but they really needed a lot from Jack Williams and Ben Yacht uh, to go out there and, and get the job done in the, against the top level competition that they that they would see in the in the big games in the East. And then, of course, the championship weekend. Uh, so they're reloaded. The real question is going to be, you know, will they win the title? Uh, I, I do not I do not expect to see them have trouble qualifying out of the East this year. I, I don't either. Uh, 
They, uh, well, yes, their depth for when you stack them next to Raleigh might look a little thin, but like, what other teams are you looking at that are are much deeper than this? Fair. You know, to be able to to be able to put out five or six like all AUDL players like takes a lot of the work off of your depth, <laughs> uh, because suddenly one of your stars is going up against somebody else's depth, uh, and then you know uh, Charles Weinberg. Well, he was one of the best players on Minnesota. They they yep. pick him up. Uh, Saul Rushmeyer Bailey had a great year for them last year. They cloned Elliot Chartok, as you mentioned earlier. So now they have two of him, and he like led the team in yards last year. So uh, that, I guess having two drafts at some point that wasn't enough. Now they got to have two uh, two Chartoks. So uh, John Lithio, big step forward. I'm way less worried about their depth than you are. You're right that it was the the potential like championship flaw in them when you're talking about going up against the best of the best, but. I, I think that they've got enough pieces here and that you're right that those depth additions are the thing that are going to make the biggest difference for them. Even though getting Antoine Davis is great, uh, he's going to probably be extremely effective for them. But, do, you, do you think New York had a better offseason than D.C.? Because D.C. basically didn't lose anybody of import and they added Delrico Johnson, Tyler Monroe, Dave Cranston, and Alec Kolick. Uh I'd say it's like roughly equivalent. I okay. mean, how much how much value do you place in keeping Jack Williams and Ryan Oscar? I, yeah, uh, it's pretty important. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know what threat they were to leave, but I, it was a it was something of a surprise for them for them to join the team originally. It still feels like this is part of their offseason, but I'd say they're pretty close, pretty comparable in what they did in this offseason. Uh, I, I get I get why people are excited about DC. Don't get me wrong. I mean they they had points where they looked like the best team in the league last year. And there's just very few teams that you can say that about. Uh, so they are one of the few teams I think we're going to come in with this team has the potential to compete for a title. Uh, that's where they're going into the season, though. And I, I, the excitement is is very real. Joe Richards was awesome in his breakout year. I mean, they oh, had like yeah. four or five guys who felt like they had breakout years. I mean, A.J. Merriman was like a D-line, almost MVP candidate. Like, crazy. Unbelievable. Yeah. And then, I, I think, uh, you know, the question is, you know, you see some of these names, like, Cranston, Kolick, these guys were great five years ago. Are they still great now? Like, especially Alan Kolick, I'm like, I really don't know if I should expect much from him. <laughs> Someone on Twitter um, said he's washed, so. <laughs> I, I think, you know, it, there's there's promise because you're starting to see some of the names that have been conspicuously missing in the past now signing up for the team and and adding to what they were able to do last year with Malks and Merriman, Richards. Um Keep in mind, they do lose Merrill, which that hurts. He was really good for them. Uh, and and to some degree, I, I know this sounds great. Like, there's a diminishing return on depth. Like, you can only play so many people, right? You can good only point. put seven players on the field. So, like, if you have 29 good ones, like, yeah, it helps when you're traveling on the road. Uh, we saw last year they sent, like, basically a second-team defense out there and still looked crazy good because they have, like, nine Bergerons. Uh, who all get crazy layout blocks. Uh, so, uh, you know, th- it, yes, it's helpful. Don't get me wrong. But you can only leverage it so much, especially when you get down to the championship weekend. So, uh, you know, I kind of feel like they need a little more star power. What are we going to get from Roe McDonald this year, speaking of star power? Last year yeah. was like, is it an aberration or is this what we should expect from uh, from Roe McDonald? Well, I, I, who's going to play on their offense? You know, I, I assume Monroe will play on the offense. Uh, you know, obviously you got Malks out there, Richards. But the, the, the problems for them came down to the offensive line last season when they lost to Raleigh. 
they needed to have more O and they didn't have it. And, you know, McRowan's going to have to play better for them to to get out of the division. Simple as that. I expect them to like get a regular season upset over New York per usual and otherwise probably lose in the conference final. Did they did they have Christian Boxley last year? He's on he's on the roster this year. Uh I am not remembering. I think they did. That feels like that feels like a if if that's a signing, the, people are not talking enough about that. Uh he's not listed as like having any stats for last year, I don't think so. Well, so maybe not. No, you I want, guess not. He played someone... he played he played back a few years ago in 2018, but I, I guess he wasn't on the team last year. He could pop that's right huge. That, that's a huge that addition. That's a huge I mean, addition. Yeah. Box is, box is fantastic uh, and could be the offensive playmaker to fill in for that kind of Joe Merrill role. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, you start to see, you think forward, you add Boxley and Monroe to the O-line. I mean, there's your cutters. Right. You could add, you could probably get some reps out of, out of uh, Kolick in that, on that offense. Uh, yep. it, yeah. I, I, I'm starting to like DC. The shape of DC starting to make sense to me. It, it definitely making sense. Okay. Let's talk Boston. Uh, they finished five and seven last year. They were had one of the best offenses in the in the entire league, and maybe the worst defense. Like <laughs> just awful defense. Can they get it going defensively? That's going to be the question for me. I mean, I, I don't really have a question about their their offense. Uh, I mean, they do lose a couple key places, uh, key key players. You know, you mentioned Engler leaving already. Henry Babcock's going to be gone too. He's been a really nice piece for them. Um, but you know, they'll have Tanner, Tanner Orion, Ben Sadok, Halkyard. Um, but is Halkier no, gone? I think he's gone. They right? lost him. Yeah, I'm yeah. saying they lost. Wow. He's a huge loss for them. That is a big loss. So, so I, what, what do you expect from this team? I, I think they're still going to be exciting. You know, when you put Orion Cable, Tanner Johnson, and Ben Sadok on the field together, like exciting stuff is going to happen. Uh, ben Sadok is one of the most exciting players in the league, uh, but he's a high volume guy, and I think he will continue to be that. Uh, he's going to come with some turnovers. I don't know that I see necessarily them getting a lot better here. Uh, they yeah. lost some really key pieces. I don't know that they necessarily addressed the things that were problematic for them last year. So, I mean, I still think they will be competitive, but I don't really see a reason for them to take a big step forward. Right. Uh, and then finally, we got Philadelphia, Phoenix. Um, you know, they're kind of a fun team. You've got Nate Little out there making plays, James Pollard. Uh, all all the longtime Philly guys like Mott and Esser. Um, I don't know if there's uh you know necessarily like a big leap forward in terms of the roster. Tyler DiGirolamo is playing is he, for Philly this year. How yeah, how how much how much Ty D are we getting reunited? Ty D and uh, and Alex Thorne, by the way. I don't know. Uh, Does he know, still have that, it? Like, I don't that know. That guy is he is super talented, and if he like is training and and tuned up and good to go and stays healthy. Like he could be a great player in the league. Does, I wonder if he like has, has some issue. You know, his biggest advantages were physical dominance. So like, you know, if you're taking some of that away from him, whether it be due to age injury or both, I don't know that he'll necessarily be the same player. I still actually like this Philly roster. I kind of liked it last it's year. It's kind of a nice was, team. And, Right. So I was a little disappointed with the way that they performed last year. And that like keeps me from wanting to jump on board this year and kind of taking taking them and uh, expecting them to do really well in this division and compete. Uh, but, you know, Jordan Ryan is on this team. Ed Brown, like these are players. Adam Grossberg is a young kid who played with the Amp this past year. Paul Owens. These are players that could do really exciting things. Uh, 
to join someone like Nate Little, who I, I expect to have a breakout year this year and really start to push uh, for, for all AUDL kind of consideration. But I just don't know if I – can they bring all the pieces together? That's yep. the part that doesn't make sense yep. to me. Uh, so, All right. Pick pick your playoff teams in the East, Keith. In seeded order. All right. Oof, it's tough. Uh, well, the top's not tough. I think you got to take New York. Uh, I certainly talked myself into D.C. as the second team while, uh, while we were doing this conversation. The third spot is a challenge to, for me. I got to put it between uh, Philly and Montreal. Uh, oof. No love to so Boston. tough when you, I, I I like Philly and Montreal. I kind of just laid out my case sure, for both sure, of them. Sure. Look, I'll, let's take Philly. I'll, I'll ride with Philly. Wow. All right. I like it. I'm gonna I'm gonna take New York, DC, Montreal. Okay. Yeah. I think I think you know Montreal showed us what they can do, and they're doubling down. They've got their pieces coming back. I think Boston's lost a little too much. I don't necessarily see where the you know the defense is going to be coming from with that team. Um, we don't exactly know how those Canadian teams are going to match up, so we'll find out soon enough. Uh, but I I like the Philly sneaky pick. That that's 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 a, that's kind of a spicy one. We'll we'll see what they're able surely, to do. Surely, surely nothing could go wrong with that. <laughs> All right, uh, in the central, uh, I'm going to go with at least for the you know, who makes the playoffs out of the regular season. I'm going with Minnesota, Madison, Chicago. Nah, yeah, I'll do it. Wow. I'll take the upset. Wow. For, for the regular season. Didn't want to pick Detroit to win, huh? No, Come not on. the playoffs. Where's, you got to have some gusto, Charlie. Uh, yeah, I, I got to take the same three teams, but I'll take them in the more traditional order, uh, Minnesota, Chicago, Madison. All right. Uh, so on to the South, two teams making it out of the South. I mean, I think this is pretty obvious, but, uh, I'm going to, well, maybe you're going to go with Austin. I'm taking Raleigh and Atlanta. I, I, I want to Charlie. I really want to, but I, I just can't take Austin over Atlanta. I, I think Atlanta does what Austin does better. Uh, so I, I'm going to take Raleigh and Atlanta. And then out West three teams, Keith, who you got? Oh man. Is this the hardest one? I think yes. this is the hardest one. Yes. All right, so I'm obviously taking San Diego to, to win the division. What happens after that? Uh, I feel like there's four teams that I could see, like any, maybe five teams. Oh, man. It's the same thing that happened last season. I mean, there was all kinds of parity behind San Diego last year. Oh, I kind of talk trash on Colorado, but I, it's hard for me to see another team that's going to be that much convincingly better than they mm-hmm. are. Uh, so not necessarily that I, I think they're going to be really good. Like, I think that, I think Austin will be better than Colorado. Uh, I'll say that, right? Okay. Uh, but I think I got to take Colorado to finish second. I don't know. Maybe maybe Salt Lake could pull it off in they their could. first year, though. They could. There, there's three they're teams gonna, in their I'm first year, and they're the better teams than the old legacy team. It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough place to play in Salt Lake. I've, I feel confident in that. It's going to be tough to play there. All right. I'll take – I'm going to take San Diego, Colorado, and then – don't, don't make me regret this. I'm going to take Seattle. Wow. Wow. Seattle of all teams. Uh, no, I, I, I don't even consider them right now. I'm taking I'm taking San Diego. I'm taking Colorado in the two spot. And in the three spot, I think I'm going to take Portland. But I won't be shocked if it's Salt Lake. So let's... Let, I'm hoping that... I'm hoping that the the closer proximity of these other teams to Seattle like gets Seattle more bought in. I've got like I, maybe they'll travel better because traveling <laughs> to Portland is so much easier than it, it was to travel to freaking San Diego. I've got San Diego 
go into championship weekend with a close win over Colorado in the in the in the championship game. Uh, I've got San Diego, and you know what? Screw it. I'll take San Diego over Seattle. Uh, wow, he's all in. Seattle folks. make it all the way to the division. There's plenty of final. talent. They could do it. And look, if they get to the, if they get to the playoff weekend, like Keith, how many times do you want to get up? hurt by the Seattle teams? <laughs> like you're, you're like out here, you know, going crazy for you, Dub, and then they let you down every time. They let you down every time. And, and yet, and yet, I could have picked you, Dub. Yeah, in, I'm, I'm going to bring this back up later this year when Seattle's like one and five. Oh my gosh, I'm, I'm going to eat it. I know it. I know it. Okay, but I'm still, I'm still rolling. Okay. Uh, in the South, uh, I have Raleigh over Atlanta. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I got got to take the same. Got to do it. You got to do it. Uh, in the Central, I have Chicago getting the upset over Madison in the uh, first round of the playoffs, and then losing to Minnesota. Minnesota finally, finally getting over the hump and getting to championship weekend. I think this is their year. Uh, I'm also going to take Minnesota to advance. Uh, I have no idea what happens. I mean. I feel like if if Chicago's got to play at Madison, like maybe I'm going to give Madison a chance, but otherwise I think I got to take Chicago, uh, and I have them ahead of Madison. So Chicago, Chicago losing to Minnesota in the uh, divisional final there. All right, and then in the East, uh, I'm going to take New York beating DC in the uh, in in New York in the conference final. I I take the same thing. I think we could be in for a thriller, Charlie. I mean, that feels like it could be the like. Another another insane game like what we saw DC from New York last year. Plays That's so tough against New York, and they're better this year. So, love their chances. DC could. Do you think there's a, a, a good chance that DC is the third best team in the league? Absolutely. I mean, you got New York and Raleigh, and then who? The other playoff why, why teams. Not DC, right? Minnesota, San Diego, DC. I mean, you tell me. I mean, DC was a gr- was a great team last year. At that point, they I just think lost to a yeah, better you're team saying in the playoffs. You're comparing DC probably to San Diego, Atlanta, Minnesota, right. Chicago. Yeah, that's my yeah. guess. I don't know about Chicago. I, I'm not. I'm not as high on them. Uh, I, I yeah, I get that. I get that. But yeah, I mean, I think they definitely could be the third best team in the league. So we we agree. We're, we've all have we we both have New York, Carolina, um, Minnesota, and San Diego in the playoffs. So who oh, you got? Who man, you got going no to the way, final? There's and who no you got way they. There's no way if both of us pick it that the chalk's just gonna all. I don't know. Like there's just no chance. It's the best teams. Uh, So uh, I mean, we've 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 established what we think is up here, which is that New York and Raleigh are a step above everybody else. And so uh, if they if they can meet in the final, that's who I'm taking. Uh, So express apologies to the windchill, but they just haven't been there before. So even though I think that they're talented, uh, and San Diego has been there before, but we've seen what happens. So. I'm taking New York and Raleigh uh, to go to the final, and I'm taking New York to win this thing. It is not impossible that Minnesota could like go undefeated and get a top seed, and it could cause Raleigh and New York to have to face off in semis. Definitely possible. Ooh, definitely possible. Spicy but take. I, I am also gonna. I'm just gonna roll the dice and assume that they won't meet in semis, and say that New York and Raleigh are gonna meet in the final again rematch. And the qu- the big question, Keith, who you got? I mean, uh, New York. I'm I'm taking New York here. Uh, Raleigh is Raleigh is good. New York's also good. So it's like feels like a coin flip, and I feel like New York is going to have a, a lot of motivation to come back and, and get this win. Yeah, I hear that. I do. I I am worried about the hangover effect for Raleigh. On the other hand, 
they're really good. They're really, really good. <laughs> and they're young. They're, very they're, young. They're not they're exactly getting, getting better. In the they're getting better there. right now. Right. They're on yeah. the upswing of their talent, not on the decline. Um, with New York being having some players that are getting pulled in other directions, uh, with with you know with world games and such, I do worry that that could cause some issues for them. Um, Raleigh, ready to go. They only have this to focus on. I mean, you know, Jack Williams is playing for New York, not Raleigh. So I think that they're going to defend the title. I think this is the best team in the league right now. Carolina Flyers championship incoming could could be back could be. Back. Uh, I think the World Games point is is a great one, uh, and I, I thought maybe should have thought more about that. But I still like look. New York added some key pieces that can help them weather that storm. You know, having a player like Antoine Davis join the team is gonna give you a little bit of insulation when one of your stars isn't available. It's true. Well, so there you go. That that concludes our AUDL season preview. The action begins on next Friday. Um, and uh, Game of the Week will be broadcast. I don't know if we talked about this on the pod yet. Uh, I think it came out uh, earlier this week. Game of the Week going to be broadcast on, on FS2 again, but they're going to have six games aired live this year on FS2, not just on the replay on Wednesdays. So some live action on cable TV for the AUDL. Uh, games will show generally on you know Saturday nights, uh, sometimes live, sometimes at like 11 or even midnight because they had other programming in in the way. Uh, but then the games will also re-air every Wednesday in its normal time slot from last season. So that that's an interesting little move there, Keith. The championship game will be carried live. That's pretty cool. Exciting, exciting. And, uh, you know, after the way that championship weekend went last year, I'm looking forward to an, an, another thriller, uh, which we have months from now. Uh, hopefully... We get the opportunity to bet our hard-earned American cash dollars on these games because be- writing bets perspective. Was I so know, fun but last we, year, question so marks about DraftKings right now. Sounds like the uh, Friday yeah. game of the week that was kind of sponsored for, sponsored by, and paid for by DraftKings not coming back this year, and so unclear right now whether they're going to have lines up for these games, but. Charlie, you're gonna to have to set lines for our Discord and people. Maybe we can get a bot that manages everybody's like Discord. Ooh, I like that idea. Or whatever, Ooh, like and they could bet that. Maybe we got we got to get I our like tech that team idea. On the, That's on a great idea. Our lines are gonna be better than the lines that DraftKings put out. That's for sure. Um, all right, so that is gonna do it for this edition of Deep Look. Looking forward to talking about college regionals next week and semi-pro action continues this weekend in the Western Ultimate League and Premier Ultimate League. For Keith Rayner, I'm Charlie Eisenhood saying so long and we'll talk to you next week right here on Deep Look. Yeah, yeah, yeah.